Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen. Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life. Hello, everyone. This is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead for the first time in 2019. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, so so a lot of people have emailed us and and written nice reviews and all that kind of thing and wondered where we are. We are still here, and we're doing great. <laughs> we're not doing terrible. We're doing great. I um, I feel so loved by our listeners. I mean, we just we're getting so many emails of right. people asking, "Are we okay?" Yeah, and. I don't know. Thank you, everyone, for reaching out to us and caring about us. Yeah. I feel kind of guilty because <laughs> this has been the best. I think this has been the best year of my life, and um, podcasting just hasn't really worked out. And we'll give some reasons f- for that, but we are doing so well. And thank you, everybody, for like really reaching out to us. Yeah, and we do plan on continuing the podcast. Um, we need a little break, and then we're readjusting to life being a bit different than it was. Uh, moving into new seasons in life. Yes. So the main reason I was kind of, we were kind of looking back and we were like, what happened? Why did we stop? We never made a decision to stop podcasting. It just kind of stopped happening. And we were looking back at when we stopped, which was last September. And that was when we started to go to a new uh, Catholic parish. So we don't worry. We didn't like leave the Catholic church or anything. <laughs> we were still very, very Catholic, but what happened was our kids were getting older, and um, if you're Catholic, you understand that the beauty of the Catholic Church is wherever you go, there is the same liturgy. So there are the same you know, ancient prayers, the same liturgy of the Eucharist. You're receiving the same sacraments. I studied abroad in Rome, and I didn't know what was happening or what the priest was saying, but I knew everything that was happening because I know, you know the liturgy. But... Though everything is the same, everyone knows that every parish has its own personality and its own different ways of doing things. And as our kids got older, um, a lot of our friends from where we used to live attend this this different parish. And um, we started to want our kids to have those experiences the, of the um, just the the beauty of real just really good worship and really good teaching and things like that. And then being surrounded by their friends. And I think, I think praying with people at mass that you have, that you are walking through life with that, you know, and that you love is so important. At least for me, I like to look around and know these people that I'm really praying with. So, um, we actually, a lot of our, a few of our friends started to move out here this way with us and they were still attending this parish back where we came from. And we were like, we need, we need to go back there. And so we, we started going back there and we used to do podcasts Sunday morning. Um, and we would go to church later in the day, but the mass that we kind of started committing to was the nine o'clock mass. And, you know, all of our kids' friends were there and it was just, it was just so incredibly life-giving for us to be there. I mean, I was like, just, I, I, I just absolutely, I, I can't say enough how much I love this parish and so we have to kind of get there for the nine o'clock mass and we used to podcast over coffee Sunday mornings right. and it's kind of hard to come home from mass and then just be like, it's supposed to be a family day and to kind of be like, 
all right, let's podcast. So that I think was the main reason we had a commitment Sunday mornings that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we used to go to like the five o'clock mass or when we would podcast. And now since we had that commitment, we just couldn't uh, pull it off. But that wasn't the only reason. Right. No. And it's, it's, um, it's been really good at the new parish. One of the things that um, I think a lot of people might, might know who, who have very good worship experiences is that one of the things that happens when you have a very good worship experience is that uh, what the Bible calls worshiping in spirit and truth is that you feel deeply satisfied and deeply committed uh, to the Christian faith and wanting to go after God. And um, it's really neat to be able to do that in a communal setting with a lot of people. And so we're getting to worship <clears throat> at, uh, at this new parish a lot. And it's really just been a fulfilling experience to do that more often and have that experience more often. Yeah, and we come from a more like charismatic background, and this parish really has, they really get that. So, um, and they have these things called festival of praise, where I mean, they just have these great, just amazing times of prayer that we really wanted our kids to experience, like you were talking about. So, right, right. Um, it has been. I don't know. I've just been so alive in my faith. I mean, I feel like I'm always pretty pretty alive in my faith, but yes, this year so. more so than ever. <laughs> um, so that's a big reason why we why we didn't. And like I said, we never said we're not going to podcast anymore. We just like couldn't really get to it. The other thing is when we moved out here, our kids were we had two babies essentially, and two two you know we had our kids are very close in age, but now the two younger ones are a lot older now. They are talking a lot and there's just nonstop you know your kids need a lot of attention when they're babies and toddlers and there's a lot of you know crying and fits and there's one type of attention but now there's a lot more emotional attention that's needed as the kids are getting older a a lot of our friends told us this who had kids a little bit older than us and now we're getting to experience it yeah Yeah, but they they you're, you're, you're listening to them and trying to be aware of of their needs but they're not just changing diapers now it's needs that are more mental and emotional and you're trying to connect with them and they have so many desires like they're always wanting to do something new and you're trying to figure out when to say yes and when to say no and yeah it's it's it's, you have to be very attentive just the chat the chatting like our four-year-old is probably the most chatty of them all so there's just a lot more talking going on all day so uh, when you're talking when you have when you're homeschooling and you've got this much chatter going on throughout the day it's kind of like hmm I don't know if I want to like relax and and do a podcast I might just want to hang out so I think I think it's just more the the chit-chatting and the the just needing my attention yeah but we love podcasting and we want to keep doing it so we plan on doing that and we're gonna we're gonna keep going it uh, keep going with it as as often as we can mm-hmm. so we want to talk about some of the things we've been doing for the last eight months and to start off with that I got an email a while ago from a guy who really wanted to do homesteading and his wife wasn't so into the idea so he was trying to convince her um, that it was valuable but she really did like the idea of having space for the kids to run and play and explore and the great thing about homesteading is that you get both of those things. And we've really wanted to provide a place for our kids to have a really great childhood. Right. So the past eight months, well, when Pete and I moved out here, the way that we did homesteading worked for us because we're crazy. And <laughs> Yeah, we're both super high energy, but it, 
yeah, I don't think it would work for a lot and of people. Also, I mean, Pete, you're not, I know you're not going to like brag about yourself, but Peter is incredibly skilled at carpentry, which is a huge part of homesteading. So the way that we did homesteading was crazy, and I definitely would never recommend it to anybody else. Meaning but, doing everything all at once. Yeah, so what we did yeah. was we, we came out here and we said, we don't know anything about homesteading. We don't know what we like. We don't know what we don't like. Right. We don't know what our passions are going to be or our successes are going to be. We don't know what our failures are going to be. So, hey... Let's try everything and yeah. figure it out. Figure yeah. it out, and it worked for us. We're we're happy. We're good. But right. again, it was not. I think most people would probably be like, "Oh my gosh, what have I done?" Yeah. <laughs> so, um, basically, you know, we moved out here. We got chickens. We got cows. We put in a huge orchard. I put in gardens everywhere. Um, and I didn't know if we were going to fall in love with cows or animals. Like, are we going to fall in love with animals? Are we, am I going to fall? Am I going to be this famous? Cheesemaker? Am I gonna like fall yeah. in love with cheesemaking? At one point, I really and, wanted a huge vineyard. Yeah, yeah, with, with grapes. And we wanted I to make so our own wine, that. and, and that's know. awesome. That's really good stuff. But after sitting on that idea for a long time, I'm glad I didn't implement it. Right. So, yeah, do we want vineyards? What What do we love? And so, one thing we we kind of started. We would talk it out a lot. What are What do we love? What are the things that are working well? And I think we found that first off is our family life is thriving. So, like. For, for us to see our children running and playing around the homestead and having this amazing childhood and having their friends over, like people first for us. Right. I mean, our kids and our friends, people bring us the most joy. Then I think our next passion is growing the, growing the food, the forest garden. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that. I mean, sure. I mean, you have been the lead on it, but it has been just, we're both, we just want to be in our forest garden. So when Pete comes home from work, we're just like, let's go out. Yeah. We take walks in it every day. Yeah. It's so much fun. It just like draws us. It just is, we just love being in there. We love seeing things grow. We love harvesting the food. That is number two, the, yep. the forest garden. Yep. Uh, and then after that, we love having cows. Like, but I think before we were like, Pete was like, maybe we could have six. I think we might be able to pull off six cows. And then we realized like, okay, hold on. We like cows, but I think we don't want this to be a cow farm. We like right. two cows. And this is the way both of us kind of operate is, okay, we have a new idea. How far can we push this idea? Right. And so that right. was it. It was like, well, the property can easily handle two cows. Yeah. I wonder if we could do four. How about six? And then the longer we sat with that, we kind of resisted acting on that. And then and then we were like, no, you know what? A beef cow to or cow beef cow that's a suburban thing it's a steer so uh, a steer to provide us meat and then a dairy cow which is the right term wait hold on is a female cow a female cow's not a steer no a female cow is a cow oh hmm. then there's heifers steers and bulls oh okay see so, yeah. I, so much i don't know about cows still <laughs> i only i've had them for a couple but years. when you're in the, from the suburbs they're all just a cow yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> well we are from the suburbs but anyway we love having the two cows but we and we have plenty of space for them right uh more more grass than they can eat but that that's enough right and then we like having the chickens and i think down the road when when all of our fruit is coming in in its glory i think it'd be nice to have maybe a couple pigs but again we don't want to max out we don't want to become we're not animal people, I would say. What do you say? Like, we like the animals, but that's not our big... Th- I don't want to be a cow farm. Yeah, I think a- we have a little bit more passion for the gardens yes. than the animals. Right. And the animals are more of in a support role, and we're doing them because we love what they produce. Right. And you can have all of them. You don't have to just pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, our our heart and passion is really in the gardening. Right. I think some people get a get a couple cows and they're like, we love this, and then you know it turns into they have a herd of cows because they right. love that. I don't see and that. Some people being love us. that, and they, the idea of growing beans is the most biggest chore for them. Yes, they don't want to do it. Exactly. So, so yeah. we love we love the forest garden, and again, these are all things that we did not know before moving out here. We did not know. Um, that we were going to love being in the food gardens um, so much. Um, and and so I, I started la- this past year, I would look out the window and I would, um, I'm, a ver- I'm always, always questioning everything we're doing. I'm always trying to think about like our goals. I'm very future minded and I'm always, I'm always thinking about the future and my goals for the future. And then how do we get there day by day? So I would kind of look out the window and I was, you know, okay, our farm right now is not showing our our vision for life and our priorities and our and our things that really bring us um, joy. So I would look out, and most of our property was for the cows. We have ten acres, and the majority of it was going to cows. And I'm like, right. okay, if cows are lower on our list of things that we want to be doing all this for, why are they getting most of the land? So I kind of told Pete. Hey, it's. I really don't like that the cows are getting all of our forest. I don't like that the cows are getting all of the pasture that could be a baseball field. What can we do to make this more about the kids and less about the cows? Obviously, still keep the cows. And then Peter is amazing. And whenever I bring like a, a vision to him or ideas to him, I don't know how he does it, but he just like he just makes it happen. So Pete's been actually working this year to make this property a lot more kid friendly, and I'll let him talk about this because he has done it. An incredible job. I mean, well, thank you. You're awesome. Being very kind. Uh, so, well, and the other thing, when we moved in, the kids were just mm-hmm. a lot smaller, so they mm-hmm. stayed by the house. So there was right. no reason to open up other sections of the property because they weren't didn't really go there. Right. I mean, all we had like a hundred trucks. Not really. We had like you know tons of trucks around here, and they would just play trucks for hours and hours and hours. And now you know they're getting a little bit past the truck phase. They need. Right. They. I'm like, we need to kind of like. Um, make this a little bit more big kid friendly. Right. So we had a playground that we had we had stopped by Toys R Us as it was going out of business near us one day, and they had this playground that was fifty percent off, and we had wanted one of those things. This was back when we were at Old House, so we got it. And uh, like Kristen said, I've I have a bunch of experience doing uh, carpentry and and residential construction type projects. So I saw this thing, and I'm like, I can put this together, no problem. <laughs> and we had, we looked it up right before we bought it online, and, and the reviews were all like, oh, it's a good playground, but it's it's impossible to put together. And you know, me and my a uh, little bit of pride. I was like, well, <laughs> maybe for the average person, but I'm sure I can do it. Well, the know? reviews were like, my wife and I almost got a divorce over this playground. <laughs> this was awful to put this like, and we were just like, oh, please, people. Come so on. we did it. I, I opened up all these boxes and I'm looking at it and then I'm just staring. Like every piece of hardware is different. Every board is different and they're all mixed together in, in a completely disorganized <laughs> way. So every time you want to do something, you have to spend 15 minutes finding the right piece first. And so I, I was working this for like three hours and then Kristen came outside and she's like what have you been doing because <laughs> you I'm used to him like knocking out a pro- like I'm used uh, to him be- I come home and I'm like whoa and this was like what what are you doing <laughs> yeah I, I was like it was easier to renovate the entire bathroom you know than, <laughs> than put together this little place that mm-hmm. so I finally got it together and then uh we, we moved out here and I ended up you know, we had the big moving truck and we took all of our stuff out here. And then I ended up putting that playground in a second run. I just had my friends who picked it up all together and threw it in the, the moving truck and we brought it out here. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, this thing's starting to like <laughs> look pretty unsafe right. for 
for child play. So uh, Kristen's like, we should get a new playground. Well, for <laughs> and, well, hold on. It was for Christmas. I was like, right. so I one of our one of our problems are like we come up with the best ideas at the last minute. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of my friends were like, it's I Christmas all, every year. You know, people are like, I need all my Christmas shopping in November, and I'm like, stop it, stop it, don't talk to me about it. I need to wait till the last minute, and then I'll come up with something cool. Yeah. It just, I'm sorry, my ideas come to me at the last minute. So it's like a week before Christmas, and I'm yeah. like. You know what? Instead of buying a bunch of crap, let's get the kids a, a, a playground. Like maybe a two, really nice Like playground. a really, really nice playground. This yeah. is maybe two weeks before Christmas. So I'm yeah. like, Pete, let's, let's buy one of those, you know, let's buy a really nice one. That'll be our big gift to the kids. They can yeah. just have an, a new playground. And so the only thing I can think about is I am not buying one of these playgrounds that takes, that's impossible to put together. I could build three playgrounds myself in the time that it would take me to put together somebody else's playground that, you know, they have in a disorganized mess in there. Yeah in their packages. So, uh, anyway, I decided to build the kids a playground instead. And, uh, it was neat. I found, uh, this, this, if you, if you live near us, I'll give you his name, but there's this, this old 85 year old guy who has a sawmill, um, out in, in central Maryland. And, and he's awesome. He's got this huge sawmill. He's got tons of wood there. And so I found him and we bought a bunch of wood and got got some nice locust fence posts and a bunch of cedar and and built this really really nice playground, uh, which is significantly bigger than than the last one that they had. Yeah, and, and it has he built like monkey bars, and then you got a cargo net to climb up the cargo net, and then this like rope ladder to go up yeah. it, and then it has we kept the cool twisty slide from the yeah. other thing, and then it has um, swings, and then. Uh, we and it, but let me just tell you. So Peter never gets sick, but the week before Christmas, yeah, you, I got sick. you got like a fever. You were so sick. There was something going around that a lot of our friends got too. That was just like, I don't. It might have been the flu, honestly. I don't know. I think you had a fever. I think it might have been the flu, but it's like the week before Christmas. <laughs> but I got a deadline. Like this thing has to be done by Christmas. It's yeah. a Christmas present. You know how people yeah. joke about uh, people joke about like the man cold and. Um, you know, the guy who can't do anything when he's sick or whatever. I have to be honest with you. I am the man cold. In yeah, <laughs> like, when I'm sick, I'm just like, I'm dead to the world. I'm just like, I'm sick. I can't get out of bed. She and gets the ultra mutated version of every virus. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is different. I know it. I know you don't understand. I get colds differently than you. Yeah. And I like, can't, I can't like get out of bed and I, and it's awful. And then meanwhile, Peter's like, I don't get sick very often. And when I do, I'm just, I just get frustrated. He like, just I'm ignores not sit it. in bed because of it. So he's like out there sick and I like feel really bad about it, but he's out there building this playground and he did it in a week you did it in like yeah. one week while really sick yeah. he it's built this amazing playground cedar shake roof and, yeah, and locust fence posts it's pretty awesome yeah Pete's like I want it to be really pretty for you when you look out the window so you put this beautiful like cedar what is cedar, cedar shake? shake roof yeah, yeah. My, my friend was like your kids don't deserve a cedar shake roof. I was like, oh, it's not for the kids. It's for Kristen. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, <laughs> it is beautiful. I love it. Um, so, and then you wanted to do, but I had to like stop because I didn't, oh, yeah. I kind of trust him a lot. I'm like, I'm thinking big kid playground. How about like ropes course type stuff? like a ropes course. And I'm like, what are you doing? I, he didn't tell me about it. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm one, picturing like my, that one got, yeah. I, and Vetoed. I'm picturing because we have a lot of kids over, and I'm picturing like these like four year olds coming over and like falling from this ropes course that had no. I was like, yeah, no, that you, yeah. you absolutely cannot do that. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been a poor. I was like, poor what decision. are you thinking? Um, but other than that, it was it was a, it's an amazing playground. Yeah. So the other so 
the playground's amazing, but it's also something that kids are going to outgrow by the time they're, what, like, 12, would you say? I would say it's like a 12-year-old playground. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, even even before that, maybe. So, but. yeah, so so then I'm always thinking ahead. So we have, um, we have three acres of woods, and most of it was just going to the cows again. And I was like, why are the cows getting, we have this beautiful forest, like, why are the cows getting all the woods? And I don't like, I'm not comfortable sending kids out to, like, play on, playground with cows our cows are kind of wild we've actually learned that but (laughs) um and especially you know friends kids I'm not gonna like send them out to and then there's cow poop and I don't know you just want you want separation from play areas and cow areas the cows are very curious and if they find something that they don't haven't seen before their first inclination is to just destroy it oh my gosh our cows so at one point we have a backyard a small like a backyard area that's fenced in that the kids totally play in and one time our cow we, they were like building snowmen and um, and you yeah. know I'm watching the cow she she like broke out Pete actually well actually so one morning there. I just left the gate open like I don't even know what I was thinking it was just yeah. I went about my normal routine and just left the barn door wide open so they yeah they walked right through the barn right so then they're running around this this little backyard area where they I have all the these backyard. gardens and like new area means that cows have never been in before means they buck around and go crazy. Yeah, and so she's like bucking around the backyard, running around, and then she decides she's going to smash all the snowmen. And I'm like, why do you have to smash them? She just, and then there, I have this like Mary statue like, that she's trying to like knock Hulk, over. You know, like just, I know. I'm like, why are you doing that? She's so bad. <laughs> we, so I actually started watching YouTube videos. One thing we did not know about is how to lead train a cow and how to break a cow. Yeah. And our cows are so wild. And I'm like, this well, is why. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. our cow came from a property with. A lot of cows, yeah. and they weren't. They hadn't been trained. That wasn't. That yeah. wasn't the situation. They so were in, I'm so. sure we'll have another podcast soon. I'm not going to. Pete doesn't want me to talk about things that I don't know what I'm talking about yet. But my goal is, <laughs> when we have the next baby cow in September, um, I definitely want to lead train her and break her and have her be normal. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't talk about that yet because we don't know anything about it. We'll get to that. That's that's one of our goals. But anyway, what were we talking about? Okay, so the woods. Yeah, we didn't want the cows just running wild with the children in the woods. So I was like, Peter, is there any way that you can, like, fence off this wooded area? And I was like, and not – I don't want to just – we have all these little temporary – he could just put electric up. But I was like, and not even electric because electric stuff happens. You got either – you could have kids that run into it who cannot understand electric or you Mm have – or you have it, something happens and the cows break through it. I was like, can we just get a solid fence that kind of, um, you know, gives us the woods? And then there was another pasture that is a perfect baseball field. It's totally flat. It's mm-hmm. like the one pasture on our property that's totally flat. And I was like, and can we can we make this into a, a soccer or baseball field and not have it be for the cows? Do they really need this many pastures? So I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so we decided to, to, to fence it off, which meant a pretty pretty large amount of fencing so with the fence posts eight feet apart it ended up being 60 some fence posts so it was a pretty good size um, area of fencing to do and I had learned a while ago I'd done research to understand that locust fence post is going to be the way to go um, we do have a bunch of treated lumber on our property but I want to do as little of that as possible it's got a whole bunch of chemicals in it and um, anyway so the locust is is an incredible wood. There's there's some amazing woods. Universities have done studies on these about things that are naturally rot resistant. There's, you know, Brazilian hardwoods and ipe and things like that that are incredibly rot resistant just naturally. And here in Northern America, the tree that we have that falls into that category is locust. It's got this uh, whatever qualities and, and natural chemicals are in it make it 
make it rot resistant on the level of, of like treated fence posts and things like that. And it's, it's this really cool tree. It's a nitrogen fixer. It, it coppices, which means once you cut it down, it just grows right back from the roots. And uh, it's a pioneer tree, so it grows incredibly fast. I don't understand necessarily why it's not, um, there's not more of it out there because it's such an incredible tree. I'm sure there's reasons. Um, I don't know what they are. But anyway, I knew I wanted to find locust fence posts, so I found those at a, a lumber company nearby us, and so we got locust fence posts. And, and then the other thing is I don't have a tractor, don't plan on buying one, and so how do you dig all these fence posts? That's dig, you know, digging the holes is going to be the, the biggest part of the job. And uh, a lot of people will use an auger, which is, you know, has some kind of motor on the top. And I, I've used those before and they, you like hit a rock and it, it tries to rip your arms off. And, mm. um, and it's, I was going to be doing this by myself. And so the, the augers that are for a single person are just, they got a motor <laughs> on top. Why are you, <laughs> are you laughing at You me? said I was going to do this myself. I, I legitimately wanted to help, so I held up because he had to, he put like three wrong fences. Like it was yeah. is that two wrong or three wrong? Forget. Yeah, so three cross pieces. Three, yeah, so you have the fence person and the three cross pieces, and I was going to help him hold a cross piece while he <laughs> nailed it in. <laughs> and I'm just the worst. I like it was too heavy for me, and I yeah. just couldn't do it. And so then he's like, you know, I'll just. He took a ladder, and he would have the ladder hold. Yeah, the cross I replaced piece up Kristen with a letter. <laughs> and it worked better. It was less complainy and whiny. <laughs> I'm the worst homesteader, okay? No, she, Kristen's incredible at homesteading. I just don't have and any incredibly upper body capable, strength. But, yeah, holding boards is not... Yeah, I was, sorry, that's that's not That's not her my deal. Gift. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was Okay, so I'm picturing myself doing this by myself. And the other thing is I'm, like, I'm like taking a day off of work to get started on this project, and I'm going to be out in my on my homestead in my woods. The last thing I want to do is listen to a motor all day. Like that's that's not it. And I don't mind working hard. Like I want to get a workout in. That's part of the point of doing all this stuff is to is to stay in shape. So, but but doing it with a post hole digger is like the worst. I mean, mm-hmm. digging that many fence posts with a post hole digger is just it's really not fast or fun. Uh, so what I found was uh, a manual screw auger online, and apparently they don't even sell these in America. So uh, I, I had why. it flown in from England. <laughs> it's on Amazon. If you, it's the blue manual screw auger. If you look it up, this thing is awesome. Oh, it's just so nice. You know what? Maybe nobody over here makes pencils sticking. No, everybody just uses a motor or a tractor, and I didn't want to use either. But I didn't want to use a pen, uh, post hole digger. So this thing's about twice as fast, I think. Depends on, it, it doesn't do great with, with roots, uh, but there we didn't have many, I didn't hit many of those. So I had the, the post hole digger and my, my steel pole in case I needed to get through something, but it just, you know, you're screwing down into the dirt and you're pulling the dirt out. And, uh, you know, I hit a section where I probably had eight fence posts dug in a half hour uh, without barely breaking a sweat. It, okay, it all but depends that's deep on. Dog. Okay, so well, that's it depends. Not... It depends on your ground. You know, if you got a very rocky soil, it's not going to be. Great I know, but that. I find people when I when I tell people your time, it's not the normal person time. You're you're something. You're whatever. You're not good. Yeah, I, whatever. There's Take lots of people who like to 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 work hard out there. So. Yeah, um, but, but I anyway, I wouldn't. When you say how long it took you, I wouldn't. People shouldn't expect that's how long. Yeah, it took. and when I hit when I hit a section with rocks, then it you know. It, 
I will digging say, that hole gets hard, and, and it, you know, it might take 20 minutes for a single hole at that point. But I will say one crazy thing, watching Pete do this project that I was of no help with, um, he had to put this fence in um, a forest, and it was mainly a forest of brush. So he's not, I'm not, he's not like putting a fence up in a pasture. He's going through this like brush forest. Yeah. Lots of multi-flora rose, which has like the biggest thorns in it. And, yeah. Oh. I mean, he was like scratched up like crazy. And um, remember when Nico wrote that letter to you that was like, I'm sorry for all your scratches, dad. Yeah. He wrote me a letter to make me feel better. <laughs> I'm sorry about sweet. all your scratches. I mean, yeah. he was like going through brushland to put in this fence and yeah. I mean I don't know how you do it Pete well it, I, I, I had my machete that was fun to use oh yeah you and did. then That's yeah true. that was just yeah. just cutting through it yeah like yeah a, I came down and the kids were helping you cut brushes and I'm like lens. can we this is not looking good to me I don't like this this <laughs> can we take these hey, Dad, whatever. can I wield this two foot long sword go for it I'm like yeah th- I don't like this yeah um, anyway um, but so yeah so you put in this amazing fence to fence in the the um the woods, and then you also did it in that um, baseball field. Right, right. So long story short, we got the fencing done. My last tip for those of you who want to put in fencing. So fencing cows is actually easier. You know, we don't have a bull, so they they don't press on it real hard. My new fence is plenty sturdy enough. I don't even have electric on it anymore. And, um, and so, you know, they don't get through it because they're cows. So I have three cross pieces. And that's good enough. And my only tip, if you ever build a fence like that, is make sure the lowest cross piece is high enough that you can get the mower deck under it. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, you, mm. lots of like vines and little trees and stuff start trying to grow up by your fence post. So if you don't want to be weed whacking all day, um, make sure you do that and then you get the mower deck under it. Most of our fences, and it's not like that. So I, you know, once or twice a year, I got to go around and cut all these trees out. And that's right. That's pretty lame. So yeah. So so now, now that we have the, the new playground, the fencing, oh, and then real quickly, just talk about the cool thing that you, you put up in the woods for... Oh, yeah. So Christmas. so my mom calls me up, and she's... They're so great. They, they always get the kids, like, a really nice present every year, um, which is really, really special. But she called me up, and she's like, I don't know what to get them this year. I want it to be really, really fun. So what are you thinking? And I was like, well... <laughs> Since you're asking, what I would love to get them is a zip line. Mm-hmm. So we got a really nice, you know, ropes course quality zip line, and there's a nice sloping hill back there. And, and in the woods. In the woods, and there was a, a long run. I forget what it is. It's at least a couple hundred feet. It's two, long. Two hundred and some feet mm-hmm. um, between a couple of the big trees at, at this perfect slope. So we put a zip line in there, and a really, really nice one. And, uh, and that was fun, you know, so, and it, and <laughs> the, the requirement was this, you know, adults need to be able to go on this thing. Cause yeah. if I'm going to put a zip line in, I want to be on it too. Yeah. I even did it. It was really, it was really, really fun. Yeah. And then, and so now the, that wooded area is great for camping so that you could do some camp out, you did a camp out there already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, so now when I look out the window I feel like our property reflects what our priorities are because I used to look out and it was like all just given to the cows. And now it's the cows are a piece of our homestead, but they're not the main piece. And they get, you told me, what was the, you like, how many acres go to the kids? How many acres go to the, the cows, the forest guard? It's just, it's yeah. much more. It's well, a the better. cows, our two cows right now, they're on maybe three, not more than three and a half acres of right. pasture on the property. And it's, 
but it's still more than they need. Yeah, and it's great because so. we have a 10-acre property and the cows are getting three of it. That's perfect. So then yeah. the rest is devoted to gardens and mainly to children, which is our which is our right. priorities. So and just so you know, we're in Maryland, so don't don't like don't take that acreage per cow thing and run with it because in Maryland, Maryland grows grass. It's like it's like yes. Maryland's specialty is is growing massive quantities of grass. So um, it's funny. I never liked when I was a kid. I always wanted to live somewhere else rather than Maryland because it's like oh, I want to go out west or down south or I don't know. But now I'm, I just feel like Maryland is really great for homesteading. I mean, yeah. those seasons and. Yep. You know, the grass growing and um, the winters are just long enough to kill all the scary bugs. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but one thing this year, though, I don't know the weather facts, but what I've been hearing is that we're having, we have had more rain this year than the history of Yeah, in the last ever. year, it's been a ridiculous amount. The water of rain. table is so high. People Even are having flooding. Even in July, it didn't stop. It was the wettest July in recorded history. Yeah, people are having flooding that never had flooding before. So I am a little nervous. I went for a walk around our neighborhood and um, I saw a lot of trees having spots on them and, you know, diseases, getting diseases on them because they're just not meant, they want to dry out. They want to be in the sun. So um, I'm watching our gardens. Our gardens look beautiful right now, but you know, I, I'm like every little spot. I'm like, no, no mildew. No, stop raining. Please let it get sunny. Yeah. We haven't sprayed anything at all. Yeah. But Uh, there are things that are out of your, uh, outside of the weather is outside of our control, but I feel better when I see spots on you know trees in the forest. And I'm like, okay, sure. this is nature. This isn't sure. this isn't something that I can completely control. But um, but yeah, our gardens look amazing. Like our forest garden. I mean, right now when we moved here, we put in things as like little sticks, you know. And now it's like, and it was kind of embarrassing because I would talk. We would talk about homesteading, and then you there's an orchard of little whips coming yeah, out of the ground. It was kind of know? embarrassing, but now it's like. Oh my gosh, this is looking like a legitimate orchard. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's just, yeah. you walk through it. I'm, the kids are, it's our only May and there's still so much that we haven't even put in the ground yet. And yeah. I'm still, I'm already starting to like lose kids in the garden. Like I'm like, where, where is everybody? Yeah. Um, and a lot of the trees are still small, but some of them are loaded. With, yeah, the, the plum is, lo- the plums are loaded. Plums, the peaches, and nectarines grow incredibly fast and start producing fruit very quickly. So, right. um, those ones are shot up ahead of all the others. Yeah. Um, oh, and then this year, another thing that's been neat is we've been able to simplify. We're producing more than ever, but um, when, you know, in the past I was putting in all these like herb gardens and I grew all these herbs from seeds. I had all, I had seedlings everywhere that I was putting in. Now um, we did our seeds this year that we started in, in the house and we only did tomatoes basil and eggplant and then everything else will be direct so we'll, we'll put it in the ground probably next week yeah so our yeah we're really becoming believers in direct so as much as possible yeah. and the season's long enough here that we can do that and um yeah the eggplant gets gets eaten up really a lot we love eggplant first yeah. off we love eggplant it's it's like a thing we can we can't eat enough of mm-hmm. um but they they get eaten up really a lot when they're young and mm-hmm. then and then they'll go through it and they'll be fine so we want to give them a big head start. So we yeah. did the eggplant inside, tomatoes, just so you can have the season longer mm-hmm. and, and make sure you have a nice um, tomato outside. Although the places we planted them before where we want to keep them, there's plenty of tomato seedlings coming up on their own. We yeah. did all heirloom varieties, so we're yeah. just going to let them grow there. And Yeah. Um, but the cool th- – so my – our garden, we had so much – so my um, – 
cilantro. I have this huge cilantro patch and dill patch that came up on its own just from last year, just from going, it would go to seed right. and now it's coming up. I can't. So you eat all your cilantro and then when you're at, at some point it, because you didn't stay ahead of it, it bolts or you decide to let it bolt mm-hmm. and it's going to produce this ton of seed mm-hmm. and yeah, we'll, we'll never have to plant cilantro again. Or, and the dill. And then, um, we planted in early spring, we did our kales and our spinaches and our lettuces and they are looking awesome. And, um, it's just neat because our growing, our, our fresh peat goal is that we have fresh garden food all year round. Right, 12 months. And it's started, we're starting to get to that point. It's like really amazing. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's incredible to be in the gardens every day that I'm in there. I'm just like, I can't believe that we, ha- that I can't believe we have this. I can't believe we're doing yeah. this. This is so, so, um, great. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it feels like it's meant to be yeah, <laughs> having right. a garden and being able to cultivate something and then, and then help take care of it and eat from it. It just feels, it feels like it's meant to be it's yeah. just really, really good. Yeah. And I just feel like the garden, it's just, I don't know. It's just magical to me. It's just, it's just being in there. I just love being in the yeah. garden. We've so, had more people asking about the forest garden. So I think at some point we'll, we'll try and go deeper on, on some things that are happening out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so much, you know, I, we were, Pete and I were saying, you know, we drive around and we, we never really see people that have, um, successful fruit trees. Yeah. I was talking to Kristen. I mean, like this time of year, all of the big box stores and nurseries are full of fruit trees. They've got tons of them there yeah. and people buy them. And then you drive around and you never see them anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, where are all these fruit trees going? But, I mean, very, very few people have a mature fruit tree around here. I, just almost nobody. Well, I'm learning that um, they take. They actually do take a fair amount of knowledge and work. When I see what you do yeah. with them, like this winter, Pete went out and did a huge trimming of every tree we had, which is took a long time. He did it a little bit at a time. And I would never think it was painful to watch. Like we actually had some like, not like heated arguments, but some of me being like, please don't trim that fruit tree. Oh, you didn't like it because yeah, this this tree was small and then grew a little bit. And now I'm cutting branches off of it. Yeah. It was painful to watch Pete, but he's like, no, this is what you have to do. And I love trimming trees. It was, but it's painful for me to watch because I want things to get big and look like a legitimate orchard. And he's like, the other side of that is I have vision for what this tree, the way I want to shape it. Yeah. And when I trim it, I get to make it closer into that. So right. I really enjoy it. So you can't just put it in the ground and walk away. You've got to like, I mean, we do the deep mulch, which is huge. And the then, deep mulch is huge. Yeah. And then Pete, you trim it up big time. And then the other thing is, I don't know how you do it without either ridiculously high fences or dogs. Um, because That's how you do it. the deer are just, <laughs> yeah, the deer are just, so people are, you know, sometimes I'll put pictures on Facebook of our gardens and people always, somebody always asks me, how do you keep it, the deer away? And people have all these like ideas of do this. I'm like, I'm sorry. None of those little things in my experience where we live on the edge of a forest and parkland, whatever yeah. you plant, you plant. A deer's going to see an apple tree full of apples and it's going yes. to get I to mean, them. I mean, people have all these tricks like put this on it or spray it with this. Or, yeah. And I'm like, no, sorry. I've never seen that work. For us, it has to be the dogs. Yeah. And maybe um, some of those things do work some places, but yeah, we have a ridiculous amount of deer. We, we're right on the edge of a forest. So. Yeah, um, nothing you spray, nothing you plant is going to really keep them away. <laughs> but this gives me a lot of uh, 
love for the dogs when they do yeah. bad things. I know. <laughs> like, he gets so mad because all like, they dig I a went hole. out there and there's this big, huge hole that they got bored and dug dug a hole in the middle of the forest garden. I'm like, what are you doing? And be like, well, I wouldn't have one if it weren't for you. I so, know. I always tell people that. I'm like, yeah. we wouldn't have a forest garden if it weren't for the dogs. We have yeah. to be nice. We have to not be too mad at them. Yeah. Um, and then, so also this year, all of my herbs are like, huge I grew them all from seed you know and like I I think I talked about it like a couple years ago how it's like so painful to like put these little seedlings in the ground and hope they don't die and now they're just everything is so huge that I'm like so why did I do that what was I thinking was I trying to start a bulk herb store I'm not (laughs) like what was I thinking because it's so much but it's it's I I don't know I like to have things in abundance but um I still have all my dried herbs from literally last year and now I have herbs to harvest for the next upcoming year so that's kind of funny I I just realized like we can use them a lot more than we did last year but um my oregano that is my that's my favorite herb now it's just so good culinary and it really helped me um through with winter I get a lot of I have a lot of allergies so I get a lot of you know sinus infections and stuff like that and the oregano gosh, that really worked for me this winter. This was my healthiest winter. And I really think it was because of, um, just, I would do these little, I would breathe in, I would put oregano in boiling water and kind of put a towel over my head and breathe in the oregano. And I would do that a couple times a day and I didn't get any infections this year. I didn't get any like massive illnesses that I couldn't, I was, I was the healthy one this year. Herbs are really neat. We'd love to learn more about that because I think some of them have incredible Incredible medicinal properties. I mean, a significant number of the prescription drugs out there are based off of a chemical they found in a natural plant. I mean, that's that's where a lot of medicine comes from. Um, But it's hard to find that knowledge because a lot of the people putting it out there are trying to sell you something, sell you oils or whatever. And it's kind of like, well, does it actually do those things, or are you know, is there a conflict of interest going on here? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But. yeah, we'd like to learn more about herbs and the powers within. Yeah, and to, to keep the powers, the powers within. <laughs> that was really intense. Yeah. Um, but so okay. So then the other one is um, sorry. We planted. We planted. We planted the forest garden. The first thing to get in was all the trees and and lay down all of the mulch and mm-hmm. uh, we mixed in you know mushrooms and things like that to get started. But as time has gone on now, I've, we've been adding herbs in and we've been adding in a lot of the understory things. So we have, it's going to be really neat to go through there and you see all these different things. A lot of them are very unfamiliar. Mm. Goji berry and gooseberry and blueberries and cranberries and wintergreen and, yeah. um, you know, an emerald carpet raspberry that's growing as a ground cover mm-hmm. and, and creeping thyme and, uh, you know, elderberries and jostaberry, a whole bunch of this stuff, which is just really, really cool to start seeing it come into its own a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was maybe I'm trying. I, so I, like I said, I, I'm prone to man colds, but this winter, <laughs> this winter was my healthiest winter. And I'm like, it was, what did yeah. I do differently? I, well, I think one of it was, I don't have babies anymore. So I was getting a lot of sleep and I'm the kind of person that like, I don't know, maybe if I don't get enough sleep or I get stressed, maybe my immune system gets um, catches things a lot easier. So I got a lot of sleep, but then also, um, like I said, the oregano really helped when I felt the sickness coming on, but I wonder if the goji berries, cause so the goji berries are like a superfood. Apparently they're like really high, more high in antioxidants than, high in antioxidants, than you yeah. said blueberries or, I mean, yeah. they're just so high. And, um, yeah. they came in at the, some very of the berries end. have edible leaves too, which are some of the most 
mm. uh, vitamin packed leaves you can be eating. Oh, inter- so. I didn't, yeah, I don't know. I didn't do any of that. But yeah. the, the goji berry came into its um, fruit like right before, like at the very end of the season. I think it was our last yeah. thing. And yeah, they fruit much later in the season. Yes, and I ate a lot of goji berries to try to get like my... So maybe that really boosted my immune system. I don't know. But I will say... When I, I never had a goji berry, so I'm thinking like, oh, goji berry. Oh, that sounds so good. Maybe it's like a blueberry or, you know, strawberry. Yeah, I'm bear, thinking you think berry, berry. So sweet. And I ate it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever... Because I'm thinking berry. If somebody yeah. had told me... Cause, and then one of my friends was like, no, you got to think of it as like a red pepper. And then when I thought of like red pepper, it's very peppery. when yeah. I thought of like, oh, a vegetable, I didn't, I, when I transferred my mind from like fruit to vegetable, then I was like, okay, this is doable. Yeah. This is fine. You can eat a handful of them and it's, you know, it's palatable. Yeah. But you have to think vegetable and I don't even like red peppers. So think for me, it was like, okay, I'm eating a vegetable that I don't like. Okay. I can manage yeah. this. But when I thought it was a right. berry, I was like, what? A, oh my gosh, what is this? This is so yeah. disgusting. We hear a lot of people out there. I'm sure I've been guilty of in my life say, well, I don't like that. They're like, well, liking food is, is kind of only one part of it. If yeah. it's really good for you, then you can consider it medicine or something. But just because you don't necessarily he eats like things the that I'm like, okay, I'm not going that far. That I is. do eat a lot of crazy stuff. You're just like eating mulberry <laughs> tree leaves. Like, I'm, no, sorry. Yeah, Morris Alba, white, there's three different kinds of mulberries, but if you have the Morris Alba, the leaves are all edible. And depending on the tree, some of them are more palatable <laughs> than others. But well, that's probably why you like, you like this stuff's really good for you. It's like, it's way more good for you than any of the annual yeah. uh, uh, you know, vegetables. So yeah. I make sure I eat enough mulberry to. <laughs> Keep me healthy. <laughs> you do stay healthy. It's, it's really, it's really cool, and you are able to power through sickness like I'm not. So, yeah. Um, so well, yeah. thanks for listening, everybody. It's been it's been way too long, and hopefully, it won't be very long until we do the next one. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna try and and make it happen. But it's been an incredibly fulfilling year. It's fun to have kids that are you know, talking and playing and I don't know. So it's been really sweet. We're just so thankful for everybody who reached out to us and was wondering, you know, have they, have they quit homesteading? Did they just, did it go all wrong? We're also notoriously bad at writing, writing back emails. It's just, you know, there's so many things going on in life, but we'll try and, we'll try and make sure. Yeah. um, But we just, it's been just for spirit. It's been a spiritually fulfilling year with the parish that we are going to. And it's been just a homesteading. It's funny. Homesteading is, becoming just such normal life to me now. You know, I I forget what it, I'm starting to like kind of forget what it's like to not have chickens, to not have right. cows, to not have gardens and um it's it's just been, you know, I it's just been a dream, really. I mean, it's been hard and a lot of work, but the the payoff far outweighs that. I yep. um and yep. I'm just, you know, so thankful to, to you Pete and you're so gifted and Anyway, could just go on and on. Kristen is an affirmer. She's a verbal affirmer. I'm a words, words She's person. A, yeah, words love language. So, <laughs> so, uh, and she is amazing and beautiful. I'm going to give her some words of affirmation back. But, yeah, it's been a good year. Yeah, so, so thank you, everybody. And, um, yeah, keep us in your prayers, and hopefully we will uh, find time to do this more often. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great day. Bye.